Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and I just want to welcome everyone. If you are new, we are so glad you found us, and everyone else out there, welcome back. I know that I just say this all the time that I just get so excited about these guests, but I just have to tell you today, I am thrilled about our guest. All month, we've been talking about video games in our Facebook group. And so our book of the month is Assassination Generation, written by Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman. And yes, we have him on today once again. Now, I I don't know if you've listened to the podcast for long, but if you have, I want you to to go back and review, we have been so blessed to have Lieutenant Colonel Grossman on a few podcasts. So if you go back to season two, episode five, and then again, just a few episodes ago here, even this month, we had some material, but today we actually have him here and I am so thrilled. So I just have to tell you that this book, Assassination Generation, is one of my very, 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 very favorite books. I have to say that I know I say that about other books sometime, but this one has more very varies in front of it than maybe some of the other ones. And the reason why is because we have such a personal story with having a gamer in our house and a gamer who turned into a gaming addict and really had a lot of problems with him. And so when I read this book, I was so overwhelmed. It was the kind of thing where I read it, And then I read it again, and then I would read paragraphs to my husband, you know, all evening, (laughs) every time when he would come home from dinner, I'm like, oh, you got to hear this one. But what I want to tell you about this, and I'm so serious about this, that if you have a boy, and I don't even care if he even plays video games yet, or is, is a gamer or not a gamer, whatever, it doesn't matter. This is so important. Important for you to understand what is going on in the brain of your son while he is playing his games. I never understood this. If I had read this, if I had known this, we would not have ended up in the situation that we were. But I also want to tell you that if you have a daughter, this is critical for you to read this book and understand what is happening with boys and gaming because your daughter will probably date a boy one day. It's so important to understand. So you just have the knowledge to to just get the big picture of what's happening. And so again, we are so blessed to have Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman here today. Dave, welcome. Welcome. I want you to just Start off by giving us a little background because you can do it so much better than me on your credentials. Well, Melanie, great. You know, I'm West Point psych professor, Army Ranger, paratrooper. and But, you know, I, I have been certified as a life diplomat in the American Board for Certification of Homeland Security, life member of the American College of Forensic Examiners Institute. I, uh, I've got three entries in the Academic Press Encyclopedia of Violence, Peace, and Conflict. Those are heavily, highly peer-reviewed entries at the highest levels. I've got peer-reviewed journal articles in the Harvard Journal of Law and Public Policy. I've got the, you know, the peer-reviewed article. I wrote the article on aggression and violence in the Oxford Indian American Military History and on and on and on. But you know, right up front, I'm going to be recommending this very strongly to all of my social media. 
and all the great folks on my social media and all the great folks going to be listening to this through you and other networks. Uh, I just want to say that Melanie Hempy and Screen Strong is, is my favorite person, my favorite organization in the world today fighting against what I see as the single greatest threat to our civilization. Anybody out there that knows me, you, you read my book on killing. Uh, half a man copies sold in English, translated into seven languages. Marine Corps commandants required reading throughout this war. It came out in 95, and uh, and last month it was Amazon's number one bestseller in three different categories. It's, a, it's just a cutting-edge book. It's timeless. It continues to work. And if you read the book, we, we talk about the resistance to killing and healthy people. You know, people talk about... Uh, you know, they point to some horrible crime and they say, oh, that proves that mankind's a killer. No, that, that's an outlier. That's one in a million. That, that That's one in 330 million today in our nation that you heard about. What about the 99.9% who go a lifetime and never kill anybody or even seriously attempt to? And, uh, and that's kind of the foundation of my research. When you read my books, you know that this is my number one concern about how we're teaching our children to kill. It's there on on killing. The follow-on on killing was on combat. Also, uh, Marine Corps Commandant's required reading ever since it came out throughout the war since 2004. Uh, it's uh, issued in the DA Academy, the Marshals Academy, last I heard. Required reading in hundreds of academies and, and military training programs around the world. And uh, And again, I've got a whole chapter in there. But how we we are training our children to kill and how we need to be aware of that and be sensitive to that. All of these books that have had such a tremendous impact. Mm-hmm. And as you so kindly mentioned, mm-hmm. Assassination Generation. So all of that said, Greenstrong, I recommend you to every single one of my law enforcement classes. I said, here is a resource for you and your family now. I believe the single greatest threat to our civilization I put it in all of my books. It's a critical component that keeps coming back in every one of my classes. What violent visual imagery is doing to our children is horrendous. It is it is a breakdown of our civilization. It is the one thing we cannot endure. And you are the ones in the front lines doing the very best job out there. And I, I say that right up front for any of my listeners or readers. I, I need you to know who these people are. I need you to know what they're doing. And I need you to come on board with them help them, support them, endorse them. Uh, They are our single greatest hope for what I believe is the definitive greatest threat to our civilization, not just our nation, but to our way of life. This violent visual imagery inflicted upon children, we're paying a terrible price. And and I I think right up front, I need to spend a few minutes outlining, as I do to all of my classes, uh, how desperately bad the situation is and, and how big the threat is. And we need to kind of put that right up front. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for, for all of that. And we are huge fans of yours, of course, and we just can't think of a better expert to talk about the violent video games that are just like water to our kids. They're just drinking it all day long. And I am so thrilled to have just this this few minutes here to talk to you specifically about how violent video games are changing our kids' brains, changing their personalities, changing their futures. And so can we just open with, I want you, since we have these other podcasts um, that we can refer back to for a lot of this, but today what I want to do is just open with a discussion to understand this. So let's break it down. 
really important to understand that right up until the 1960s, Hollywood operated by a code. And the code, a lot of the code, it could be said in three words. They said, we know the stories we teach will have an impact on our society. Mm. We know we have a responsibility to tell stories that will have a positive impact. I tell my cops today, you know, you got any little would-be killer hard case, you know, sit down and strike up a conversation. So, hey, man, like, well, what's your favorite TV show? I watch Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy and Sopranos over and over again. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite movie? I watched Natural Born Killers over 50 times. The Columbine School Killers watched the movie Natural Born Killers over 50 times. You know, ask this little hard case. What's your favorite video game? Oh, I played Grand Theft Auto till four o'clock in the morning, month after month. And every single one of these teen killers, a major study by uh, Phil Chalmers, Inside the Mind of a Teen Killer, and the one new factor every one of them had is this sick message that's communicated in movies and television and video games. So today the video game, the media industry says, we accept no responsibility. They said, we know the stories we tell have an impact and we have responsibility to tell good stories. And then they took that code and they threw it away and they said just the opposite. They said, we deny that these movies, these TV shows have any impact on our society. We will not accept any responsibility. But the commercials are worth vast amounts of money. The product placement are worth vast amounts of money. It is the biggest lie out there. Can you just in a nutshell explain what violent video games do to your brain? Right, a couple of things are happening. First is when violent visual imagery is inflicted upon children, their body treats it like it's real. Want to fight or flight mode. Again, my book, Assassination Generation, we got the brain scan studies around the world. Here's your kid's brain. Here's your kid's brain on video games. End of discussion. And what these games do is they put them in a survival fight or flight mode. Their body treats it like it's real. Violent television, violent movies, and most especially the violent video games. So what we have is this this dynamic. And it takes about three days for the fight or flight hormones to flush out of their brain. I always ask my audiences, you know, have you ever taken kids uh, camping, hunting, hiking, You ever get away from TV, movie, and video games for a week? The first two days are pure hell. (laughs) They are literally going through withdrawal symptoms. For the first time in years, the fight or flight hormones are flushing out of their brain. Now, when you're in this adrenal-activated stage of, of fight or flight, you're in a survival mechanism. You're desperately, desperately fighting for your life. When you're in that fight or flight survival mode, what happens a year from now is not even on your radar screen. No. And what happens tomorrow is not on your radar screen. Rational predictive left brain processing is catastrophically shut down from the violent video games. So you tell them, don't you understand? If you don't do your homework, you're going to fail. And if you fail, you're going to start off in life with a terrible, tragic, bad starting point. No, they don't understand. They don't understand. They're incapable of rational, logical, predictive behavior. When they are playing the game, when they're in. And for two days afterwards. afterwards. But you you, you tell some kid, don't you understand? You take a gun to school, your life is irredeemably over. There there is no reset, but no, they don't understand. Now, there's a lot of other things happening, the classical conditioning, uh, Skinnerian uh, operant conditioning. We've got the, the, the social learning role models. There's three ways that people learn. 
One is social learning models, which roll over pretty fast. The other is classical conditioning, which can last for a long, long time. That's, that's a, you know, your basic Pavlovian conditioning. And then operant conditioning. The violent video games condition you to respond and to kill. But the thing to understand is that video games, number one, are putting you in a fight or flight mode. Number two, they, what they're doing is they're giving you a classical conditioning, which has a half-life of about six months, or operant conditioning with half-life of six months, but also social learning models. We embrace a model and says, I'm going to be like this person. But there's another dynamic, you know, again, when we talk about what these games are doing is the sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. And it's another whole toxic nexus all by itself. The sleep deprivation. And the thing to realize is this industry is systematically creating games that are impossible to turn off. And it puts you in a flow state. Suddenly, it's four o'clock in the morning. you got no idea where the last six hours went. We've all been there. And so the primary manifestation is sleep deprivation, and they don't care. Explain to our audience, what is it about sleep that's so important? Like, I know that when you're a teenager... You're supposed to have nine hours and 15 minutes a night. It's about as high as it's ever going to be because there's so much growth going on. Sleep deprivation takes years off your life. It, it's a key factor in suicide. It's a key factor in traffic deaths. We now know that sleep deprivation is a key factor in Alzheimer's and dementia. When you're in your deep cycle sleep, that's when the tendons and muscles fully relax. If you don't get deep cycle sleep, you get chronic pain. And, and during deep cycle sleep is also when the brain flushes all the garbage out of the brain. All those used up neurotransmitters are flushed out. Well, what happens if you never get deep cycle sleep and all that stuff never gets flushed out of the brain? Well, we now understand major study last year, lack of deep cycle sleep may be the single greatest predictor of Alzheimer's and dementia. That's just scare the daylights out of all of us. The immediate ramification is it creates impaired judgment. It makes you stupid. You do stupid stuff. Your judgment is impaired. We now know that sleep deprivation is a critical factor in suicide. Now, suicide is not rational. Every living organism has a powerful drive to self-preservation. To reach a state where you will intentionally take your own life, you have to have profoundly impaired judgment. Alcohol and suicide have always been closely related. Alcohol creates impaired judgment. You make a bad decision, never get a chance to rethink it. But the most pervasive form of impaired judgment is sleep deprivation. Teen suicides worldwide have exploded. Teenagers, 10, 11, 12-year-old, teenage girls' suicide rates have tripled per capita in just the last decade. And one of the best meta-studies, a study of studies on suicide, the sleep deprivation is the one that if we did something about it, would have the greatest impact on suicides. What is the new factor worldwide that has caused this explosion of suicides? Everywhere, in every age group, but especially with children who we never even, it was never even on the radar screen for teenage girls to get their lives like this. What is the new factor? And it's the sleep deprivation created by these addictive games, this this persistent text messaging in the middle of the night, the social media, the internet never sleeps. But the dominant threat is these video games, first and foremost, without a doubt, and sleep deprivation. 
We're not playing Pac-Man anymore. Parents are coming to us to for us to help them try to remove these things and give their kids just a whole nother option, right? It's called real life. It's called be a kid. Let them be a kid while they can be a kid and do and learn all these things because these things, these games are so toxic now. It's very different. I want our audience to understand that, that this is not an overreaction to anything. This is your, your reaction to this and all your information on this is spot on because The games are very different than they used to be. So if you're a teenager listening to this and you want to argue about, you know, I can play 30 minutes a day or I can do this, it is not the same. It is not the same as it used to be. And even 30 minutes a day, it gets your reward system all paved, right, Dave? And it it creates a habit. Well, you know, it's one of the things where people say, well, can we do it in moderation? And, and uh, you know, I, I'd like to, I like to give an example of, uh, you know, there's a British writer that talks about politics and, and he talks about, you know, the yogurt. And he said, I like to have my, I like to have granola on my yogurt. And the other guy wants to have dog turds on his yogurt. You know, can we have just a little dog turd? Can we compromise just a little bit? No, this is something where we draw a hard line. And we said, no, we can say this is something kids don't need. There's so many things adults can do, but kids can't. And, and, and this is one of them. We need to understand that. But Melanie, I want you to tell them about your detox program right. and what you're doing and how it's worked. And, and I really want them to know about that. I'm so excited about it. It's about our challenge. And so what we discovered over the last five to eight years as I was doing this work was that it, it's really hard for parents to go from A to Z, to go from their kids playing five hours a day to nothing. It's just hard to get their head around that. It's also hard to understand how the social media plays into this. And when I first started understanding, even in my own house with my own son, how he was gaming on all kinds of platforms, it wasn't just a console like a lot of parents think. So, you know, phones are just little game consoles in your kid's pocket. So there's a lot of things that we have to do as parents to slow it down and put the brakes on, back up, do the U-turn, do the detour, whatever you want to call it. And so we put together this Screen Strong Challenge, which is a very thorough little mini course, if you will, for seven days. Just for seven days, we're going to help you get your kid off all this stuff for seven days. As you mentioned, even just earlier, those first two or three days, all the chemicals in their brain are trying to get reset. And it's really hard to do that um, if you don't have a plan because they start having meltdowns and they're really angry. And of course, if they're teenagers, you know, the older they get, they're going to have more opinions around it. If you're trying to reset an eight-year-old, it's a little bit different than a 13-year-old. So we've had a lot of success with the challenge and it is a week-long detox. Now, that doesn't mean that it just goes for a week. That means that it starts with a week. (laughs) And it's easier just to start with that first week. We've also done this in schools where certain classes will do the challenge. They'll write essays about what happened to them that week, the week that they got away from their video games and got off of their social media completely, left their smartphones at home, were not tethered to all the distractions um, and temptations on that. And all the doors that start to open and all the conversations that are had with parents and all the relationships that are starting to rebuild, even in one week. And so we feel like one week is a really good on-ramp. You know, I want want you to to make a comment to the, the kids out there 
who say, oh, my mom is so mean. She took away my video game <laughs> for a week. <laughs> and um, I, I just want to say, you know, if you can't do anything for a week, then we got bigger problems than yeah. that, than we think. But, but what do you say to these kids who are angry at their parents for jumping in here and trying to do this for them? Well, what I tell people, and, and it's the truth, I've had people come up to me every day and, and nobody's ever said, I cursed my parents for the video games I couldn't play. Every time they say the greatest gift my parents ever gave me was to throw that video game away, to throw that television away and make me go get a life. He said, I spent my youth, you know, outside. I was doing this and we were doing that. And, and, and it was the greatest gift all of my friends would go to school and they were like little zombies. All they would do was talk about the video game and the TV show. And and you suddenly realize they don't have a life. They honestly won't have a life. Their life is, is what's on the video game and what's fed to them over TV. They, they don't have a real life. They, they don't have friends except people who share that drug with them. And, and, and over and over again, they say the greatest gift my parents ever gave me was, was to, to teach me to be a kid while I could still be a kid yeah. and have fun and have joy and physical fitness and everything that came with it. And, you know, we had a major, we talked about this in assassination generation. We had a, a major study in, a, in an entire K through 12 school district in upstate Michigan, they detoxed for 10 days, cut violence in half, cut bullying in half, and raised test scores double digits. Right. They, they quickly found out to do the 10-day detox in conjunction with state standardized testing. And they, mm-hmm. they brought their test scores up double digits. I know, it's crazy. And, 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 and what that does is that, that lays the foundation. You know, you're, you're not sleep deprived. You don't have the fight or flight hormones flooding through your brain. You, you're not in that activated mode. You're, you're suddenly able to concentrate on your tests and perform well academically. But if we can bring the test scores up double digits after 10-day detox for state standardized testing, it, it, why, why can't we do that all the time? Well, it really, it really works. And we really believe that that's just the start. That's just the on-ramp. And then once they get a taste of that, they get a glimpse of what life can be like, and then they keep going. And so in your book, because we are focusing on that this month, the Assassination Generation book, you the first half of this book explains all of the reasons and all the problems with what's actually happening with violent media. But the second half of the book, where you're talking about solutions, and all your solutions are centered around elimination of this stuff. You you can't have a solution where you're you're just doing it, you know, in some sort of balanced way. We balance things that are good for us. We don't balance things that are not. So let's talk about some more solutions. But before that, touch on the ratings, because there are so many parents that are allowing these very top rate, you know, ratings in the sense of age requirement, you know, that they should be for mature audiences and they're letting their their eight-year-old play this stuff. So, and Fortnite is a perfect example of that. Well, you know, so many of the games are M-rated games and that's 17 and above only. And you tell the people who made this game say, you shouldn't play the game until you're 17. Mm-hmm. And, and this is an evil industry. I hope our standard is higher than the industry standard. I had to dig for half an hour to find this information. It's hidden. But Fortnite is a T-rated game, 13 and above only. That's right. So if you have kids under 13 playing Fortnite, your standard is lower than the standard of this industry is making these addictive games. You can tell them you're, that people made the games how you're not supposed to play it until you're 13. But even then, 
what they've done is they've played little games and twisted little things to try to make it not an M-rated game. Mm-hmm. It's still a vicious, violent game. It's, you have to jump right in when you get to an end point. It's you know, all of the current state-of-the-art technology to make the game addictive to children is being fed into Fortnite. It's not that hard to really understand. I, I surely never knew about this years ago, but when you really look at it and just reading this book, this Assassination Generation book, really helps you understand the level of what's happening in your kid's brain or really anybody who's getting looped in with these games. I know that a lot of times that parents really kind of get the short end of the stick on this, Dave, and we get you know, make fun of a lot. Oh, you're, you're, you just don't want, you know, screens. And, and we kind of get frustrated over that, you know, as we, as we start to wrap up, can you just talk about how to encourage parents who are trying so hard to go against this culture? Because it's everywhere we go, you know, we hear excuses that, well, your kid won't have any friends. If they don't play video games, they're going to be behind. They're not with the times you have to stay up with culture can you just talk to those parents for a minute that are listening we want to be their friend but we are first and foremost their parent and our primary objective is to to send out of our house a healthy human being now if we send a child out of the house who's not a healthy human being we're going to have a lifetime of sorrow and pain and we understand that And, and in order to send a healthy human being out of your house You've got to give them a childhood. Mm. The greatest gift you can give them is a childhood, not your friendship, but a real childhood. And to be a parent that makes them be a child. And they will bless you as an adult. They will bless you for this. I guarantee you, your child will never say, as an adult, I curse my parents because they wouldn't let me play video games. <laughs> yeah. Your child will never say, I never, never. As an adult, they will never say, I curse my parents because I couldn't watch TV. They will say, it was the greatest blessing my parents ever gave me. It, it is truly, it is the critical decision for every family, for every human being. And I believe with all my heart, any credibility I have, I put on the line to say, this is the critical threat to the existence of our civilization. Mm-hmm. To be able to hold together as a civilized body. The homicide rates have exploded. The world's coming unglued. Bad things all around us. Again, wrap your mind around it. 2020, the annual increase in homicide was 20 times, at least 20 times worse than anything we have ever seen. And 2021 is even worse. And this is the new factor. But we as parents can still make a difference. You can, I don't care if they're a high school senior, you can still make a difference by detoxing them and sending them off to college with a set of, of rules and a foundation and an understanding. And they will bless you for it. Please understand that this lifetime of sorrow when children grow up and and don't have a life, they have destroyed families, they have broken relationships, they're physically broken because they're sleep deprived and suicide and drug overdoses and, and traffic accidents and traffic deaths. All of those things explode exponentially. And it's your job as a parent to set a standard for them and to do what's right for them. It, it is the most important task you will ever have. And it, and it is the most, the greatest blessing you will ever have. There's things that we can't control about our children. Wonderful people have kids that have bad things happen to them. There's things we can't control, but there are things we can control. Mm-hmm. And this is the single greatest factor. 
And with all my heart and all my might, I tell you, you've got to follow up on this. This is where we can make a difference. This is where we can begin to change our civilization with our children. The only thing in the world we can't control is our kids. And so that's our little part of the world that we're going to make into a better place. And that's a worthy endeavor. And that's why you are my number one hero, Melanie. And ScreenStrong.com is my recommendation to every law enforcement class that I teach to as a tool to help them get on the right foot and understand the threat that lies before them. My goodness. Thank you so much. We have some families that are listening today that are crying by now and that are just at the bottom of the barrel. They have kids that they feel like they've lost. They may only be 12 years old, but they feel like they just are struggling so much with this issue. And maybe they found our podcast, they found found our website or a friend told them. What can you offer as just a word, a, a final word here, an encouragement to the families that are brokenhearted over their, their kids that are addicted to this stuff? Just have faith in the power of positive parenting. Have faith in the fact that you have control and that you can make a difference in your children's lives. And I, I tell you that there is great hope in the beginning of that hope. If you're sitting here brokenhearted, thinking about your kids or your grandkids, I tell you there is great hope. And, and the mechanism is to get locked on to ScreenStrong.com, get in their Facebook group, interact with other parents, find local parents that you can network with and, and work together with, uh, and, and have faith. You know, here we are, currently we're we're at the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It's, it's a time for us to reflect as a nation of where we are and whether or not we're better off than we were then or, or how we can continue to be better. In our little part of the world, the only thing in the universe we can control is ourselves. And then by extension, maybe we can have an impact on our children. If you take those things you can control, take charge, uh, trust Melanie, trust ScreenStrong.com. They're, they're the, the leaders in this whole dynamic and, and have faith in your future and have faith in our nation. And, and Melanie, God bless you and God bless America. Oh, Dave, thank you so much for being such a wonderful, inspirational guest today. We are so glad to have Dave Grossman as part of our community. And this is just what you need when you're going through these struggles. You you feel so isolated and so alone. And so we are just so, so grateful that he is part of our community. I hope you all enjoyed listening today. Remember to subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with all your friends that are struggling with screen issues in their house. And this fall, we are releasing our Kids Brains and Screens course. This is a parent-centered online course that includes an assessment, practical tips, online support, and all these different solutions that we have been talking about on our podcast. And like we said, head over to our website, to screenstrong.com, if you'd like to donate. Make sure you join our Screen Strong Families Facebook group that we mentioned. You will find tons of support and help from other parents there that are really struggling just like you are. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong. Stay strong.